Hey guys, I want to welcome you to the weekly Wednesday for the Financial Freedom Newsletter, where every week, every Wednesday, we delve into something inspirational, motivational, something excerpt taken from the Financial Freedom Weekly Newsletter. Wherever you are, if you're listening on Spotify, on iTunes, Google, be sure to click the like, subscribe, share, comment. Without ado, let's get into the show. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome, everybody, to this week's podcast episode for the Financial Freedom Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Christopher Liu. And as you know, I talk about four different types of freedom, time, financial, location, health freedom. And in that light, I'm always scouring the globe looking for entrepreneurs, influencers on the cutting edge, changing the world. So today we have uh, Steve Buzogany, and he dubs himself as the appreciation advocate, which is really interesting. And he's the founder and CEO of the Appreciation Advocate. So today we're going to talk all about um, customer relationship, referral, and so a whole a whole host of other types of success mindsets, building a business. And so I'm happy to welcome Steve to the show. Welcome. Yeah, thanks for having me, Chris. Happy to be here. Yeah, I know uh, we had connected through Podmatch, which is a great way to connect hosts and guests together and vet them. And um, you started out in, uh, looks like real estate. So tell us more about your journey and how you came to be doing what you're doing now. Yeah, sure. So for me, with with the whole real estate thing, I actually started in accounting in college. Um, and I, I was just like, yeah, let's do this accounting thing. It was the safe bet. Everybody's telling me to do accounting. You'll you'll always have a job, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> and I was just like, okay, cool, let's do it. Like I picked it because I was told to pick it, not really because it was something I really had a passion for. Uh, I am a numbers guy, just not you know, eight hours a day for 30 years. Uh, that, that So basically I, I, I got into that, had two internships and I realized I was like, I can't do this. I can't, I absolutely will not work. So I, I got the, uh, the internships ended and I went into, uh, my senior year, not knowing what I was going to do. And then I was like, I need something that doesn't require a whole lot of, uh, prerequisites, if you will. Uh, and real estate was the answer for that. So I got into real estate and then I, I, uh, started out as an investor flipping houses. And then I, I start changed from there over to uh, a real estate agent. I, I think the guy we were using, a couple of people we were using to sell our houses, I was like, I think I could do your job better than you. And I didn't say that, obviously. But but in my head, I was thinking, I'm like, you know what, I should get my license. So I got it, did really well with it, got the whole, you know, all the little fun awards they give you. And then a, a mentor of mine said, hey, man, you got to stop working so hard. Uh, you know, start focusing on the relationships more and and maybe not, not so much... Uh, on just the transaction. So that mental shift right there was what propelled me down this whole route, that this whole road. Uh, so we go from um, working by working transactionally to working relationally. And that's now, what, and then obviously after a while, I become the referral guy in the office and everyone's asking me what to do and uh, you know how I'm doing it. And I tell them and people start saying like, I just don't have time for that. That's a lot of work. I don't have time for that. So that's how the appreciation advocate was born because I start doing it for other people now so that they can save time and 
not have to neglect their past clients and uh, still get the referrals from them, though. It's really interesting because, uh, you know, in this day and age, you now um, like culture and brands are are huge assets and, um, you know, affiliate marketing is huge, like referrals. Yep. So um, and so what's interesting is you you actually learned um, early on, very you know, very, very appreciative and smart that um switch from transaction to referral or to a relationship yeah so so tell us like why referrals are the best types of leads yeah i mean for for one a referral comes trusting you already and and people don't do business with anyone they don't trust so that i mean that's there there's a so for what was what made it what made me buy in really really hard was when i went to a listing appointment i had to i gave them the good old salesperson pitch i spent like 60 minutes in this woman's house trying to get her to use me and giving her all of my Hungarian charm and she didn't go for any of it. And like, after a while, she was just like, uh, you know, you're great. You're cute, but you're too young. I don't want you. And I was like, oh, God. so that's, I can't do anything about that. Like <laughs> too young, but, but so like, here's the thing. I was helping another couple who did appreciate me a lot more. And then they gave me a referral to their family member and, uh, their aunt. And I started working with the aunt and she brought in hard on me, just like the, the niece and nephew did. And I didn't have to work hard to 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 sell her. She came to say, "Oh, yeah, I heard you did a great job for my uh, for niece and nephew, and I, you know, love to work with you. I'm really excited about this." I was like, "Okay," uh, didn't have to sit down for an hour. So time wise, it was way more efficient, uh, and work wise, it was a ton. I didn't have to work almost at all. It was just done for me. Almost, it was like a done for you, you know, <laughs> uh, lead generation system. <laughs> and I was just like, "This is cool." So let's go with that. And uh, so that's basically what me, made me go like, okay, I really need to go down this path a little bit more. I need to investigate this further and build this up. Yeah. And um, it's uh, so in this day and age of uh, uh, marketing and, you know, everything's all digital. Can you explain to the listeners how they are, they are unintentionally poising their best customer relationships and how to correct it? Oh, yeah, sure. So basically, I guess for, for one, uh, a lot of people think their best customer relationships, you got to obviously give them a lot of attention, which is good. You should be doing that. It's just the way they go about it most of the time is really where they unintentionally poison their best relationships, where basically like you may have a client that gives you $50,000 a year and then you're like, oh, cool. Holidays come around. And that's the first problem. And then you start and you give them a gift like, hey, thanks so much for being a client. Here's $25 gift card to Amazon. It's like, there's a lot of problems there. One, you're giving during the holidays, which you shouldn't do because, uh, for at least in a professional level, uh, because that's when everybody gives gifts. So if you're trying to stand out, that's the first strike. Uh, second, you're giving a gift card. That's a lazy gift. And that kind of basically communicates that you don't really have the time to really say thank you to this person. And then third, the value of the gift, $25. This person just paid you 50 grand for the year uh, and you gave him a $25 gift card. So, I mean... I don't want you just, you know, pissing my Cheerios <laughs> at, at that point. <laughs> so, so like, but the, here's the, here's the major problem with that. And here's why it's unintentional because the feedback loop on gifting is a big, fat, massive lie. When you give somebody a gift, they're always like, oh my God, thank you so much. This is so nice. You didn't have to, oh my God, you don't have to do that. But like the reality of it is like, they're just going to turn around and re-gift it. They're going to put it in the trash. They're going to uh, put it in goodwill if it's like a branded t-shirt or something like that. Uh, like they're not going to use that stuff. So it's, it's a waste. Uh, and, but the feedback you got was, oh my God, they loved it. That was so nice. Like, so you're, you got the feedback of only what only good gifts should get. 
versus the feedback, a bad gift. No one's actually going to tell you, hey, just, you know, this gift absolutely sucks. You can take this home and shove it up your, you know what? Like, no, <laughs> no one's going to say that to you. So, uh, so unfortunately, and with the whole gifting thing and reasons why people unintentionally poison their best relationships is because they, the bad gifts get the same feedback that the good get, all that only the good gifts should get. Interesting. And you talk, and so, you know, changing it, what are some secrets? I know you have six, uh, sorry, you have six secrets of gift giving that generate massive amounts of referrals for your business. Yeah. So yeah, for sure. So we have like, I mean, we have this thing called the appreciation six pack and I can give this to your listeners too. So, but basically it's six different PDFs and it explains gifting in the various different ways. And, you know, uh, one of them is the six great, the six things that all great gifts have. So like basically these six criteria that make a good gift. I would, that way you don't screw it up and, you know, humiliate yourself unintentionally. <laughs> but basically the first thing is you want to focus on your best people uh, and make it about the recipient, not you. So when you're giving a gift, don't put your branding on it. Don't make it about you. Don't put like, you know, a, I wouldn't put something that says in big, bold letters, appreciation advocate, and then hand it to somebody. Like I have, I have this frame, um, I for selling more than 40 homes. Somebody sent me a big frame, like, like a big two foot by four foot picture with a big thing in the middle of it said, congratulations on selling 40 homes in, in one year or whatever. I was like, all right, cool. But it's all their branding, all of it. And I'm just like, this is completely useless. Like, I don't know. Like, it's face down, literally face down in a bun under a bunch of books over here because <laughs> it's not really important. And it's probably, she probably spent a ton of money on it, but it, it's useless to me. So that's fake. So to, to put a pin on that one, focus the gift, the focus of the gift needs to be on the recipient, not the giver. Uh, and then the second thing for the criteria, it's you want it to be high quality. So uh, the gifts can't be cheap because if they're cheap, they get forgotten. Uh, the gift is basically a symbol of what the relationship means to you. So if you're going to give them a cheap gift, you're basically telling them, hey, I don't really think this is a high quality relationship. I, I don't value it as much <laughs> um, uh, versus the other end of the spectrum. Hey, I went out and got you something really, really nice um, versus, you know, and this because I really value our relationship. Uh, the third thing is, is you want it to be personalized. So the gift should be like, unique to the recipient. So maybe it's their favorite color. If you can get it engraved, I highly recommend you get it engraved or some kind of personalization added to it or etched in there or some kind of use, I don't know, whatever, get some, put somebody with a laser to put something on there. <laughs> um, but, they, and, and it shows that you, you notice these little things, or if it's like a custom picture of something that a picture of their family or, or something that only they like, if they get this item, it is the only one of these items that exist on the planet. It shouldn't be like, something they can go out to the dollar store and pick up or something they can get anywhere online. It should be something that you took some time to make this thing, whether online or in your own home. Like I, I, I got into woodworking during COVID. I, I had built a couple of projects for my clients in real estate and gave them stuff and that one of a kind gifts. They really liked it. Uh, third, uh, fourth thing is the deep and emotional impact. So like I was just telling you kind of ties in with the last one you wanted to, a good gift tugs on the heartstrings. So uh, the, and obviously as, as business owners, we all know that people make decisions emotionally and then they justify logically. So if you can give a gift in a way that ties to the recipient's emotional drivers, uh, you're way ahead of the curve. So that's that's big there. Uh, th then the gift has to have staying power. So this kind of ties in with that high quality gift part, what we were talking about earlier. Uh, nice things don't get tossed <laughs> like, the, like the crap gifts do. Uh, they don't get forgotten. 
uh, the, they're, they're, they're useful and they're significant and they get kept. So they, and, and sometimes when they're nice enough, they even get put on display. So they're seen more often, uh, and makes people, it keeps you top of mind as opposed to in the subconscious and not top of mind. And then the last thing is obviously to let's, let's not forget the fundamentals here is the, the let's to actually build a connection with the person we're, we're giving the gift to. Uh, so whenever, if you can, attach some kind of video or personal note, handwritten note, uh, actually handwritten, not machine written. If you can, if you can, I know sometimes with larger scale stuff, sometimes these people have machines, right? I get it. It's not, it's not, I'm not condemning it. Um, but if you're, if, if you, if, if you can do actual handwritten notes, I, I would totally go for that, um, over, over, you know, some kind of like, you know, going to Microsoft word and typing in like script or something like that. <laughs> But yeah, those, so those basic, those basically, those six criteria make a really good gift. Yeah, it's really, it's really interesting because uh, as as the you know as my business starts to grow, it's really referrals is actually you know a huge component, and you know people talk about, it and you know if you generate good you know karma and vibes, and you know people will talk, tell their friends and family you know every about it. So, um, and then uh, which is and these six secrets are really interesting about gift giving because it's kind of like this art of appreciation and developing relationships like you were talking about. Yeah, for sure. And and that's so the cool thing is is like yes, referrals there's a two, there's a difference between word of mouth and working by referral as well. So like if if you're working by referral, you're being intentional and proactive and you're actually actively seeking referrals from your favorite people versus on the other end it's you know, your your word of mouth advertising is just kind of hope. You're just kind of hoping people tell people about you. There's not you're it's very passive. So uh, what we do is work by referral. We're actually uh, very active, proactive about it, and we help other small businesses get not like not lose track of their best people. Yeah, and t- tell us more how uh, gratitude works. And you talk about how it generates a huge return on investment. Of course, you know we're not using people to you know generate returns, but um, tell us more about how that how that works. Yeah, so it's actually funny. So the topic of gratitude is. You could bring up gratitude to basically any human being on planet Earth, and they'll always tell you, yeah, this is awesome. Yeah, gratitude's great. It's like the best thing ever. The only problem with gratitude, the only problem is that in terms of business is it doesn't sell by itself. So you have to repackage it. Like I could never go up to you and be like, hey, Chris, you need to say thank you more to your family. (laughs) You'd be like, get the heck out of here. (laughs) So, uh, So you'd be like, so basically what you have to do is you have to sell the benefits of gratitude. Because when you're grateful to your best people and you're grateful to the people who help support you and help you grow, that by itself organically will produce more referrals. It will produce higher income. It will produce uh, working with people that you actually like to work with versus people you don't like to work with. It will produce more time off. Like those benefits, people will buy those. Everybody loves those. Those will sell. Uh, Gratitude, on the other hand, does not. So you have to basically, uh, a mentor of mine, she told me, um, basically give people what give them what they want so they so that you can give them what they need interesting i like that yes yes yeah. well, i like that saying give people what you want so that they can get, give you give, give them what they want so you can serve them what you what they need nice i like that yes. i took a little bit of a time it took me a second to even get it out so i totally get it i got it right definitely well we're it's a recording so you can come back to the episode and rewrite it yeah 
and uh and i like how you talk about like it's kind of, it's kind of like you're so you're bartering like social value and relationship value and it's kind of like you're packaging it in different ways and um you know it's uh and social capital is actually can be more powerful than like financial capital you know polit- it's a different type of um capital that you can use so sure um, i mean absolutely the the social capital i think will always outweigh the financial capital uh i think uh what's when people buy into a business they buy into you like they're not buying the the like you could go to an hvac person or a real estate agent or a financial advisor or a doctor or a physician it doesn't matter like there's 100 bajillion of each of those things that i just named like you're not the only physician you're not the only real estate agent you're not the only financial advisor uh but why people work with you is because they like you they buy into you so mm-hmm. that's why uh it's really important to have that social capital and then what what i always tell people is uh people have two bank accounts they have their financial bank account and they have their emotional bank account mm-hmm. it it will be easier for you to make withdrawals from their financial bank account if you make more deposits in their emotional deposit in their emotional bank account mm-hmm. interesting yeah it reminds me of this saying that uh people vote you know, with their wallets and with their time. And um, that's how you, yes. and um, you know, that's like the best like type of vote. Um, the other, the other, uh, I know a lot of small businesses um, or businesses, um, they, they're struggling, like they're struggling to find um, top talent or, you know, or their employees like quit and just kind of turn over and tell us the biggest secret to maintaining top talent that most small businesses don't know or use. For sure. So, Good question. So I I think with that, um, well, I know with that is that just like clients, employees are people also, and people like to be appreciated. And when people are in an environment where they're very appreciated, they don't want to leave. So I think it was really cool. I think Gary Keller talked about it for Keller Williams is, uh, and so here's the thing, in real estate, it's, it's difficult to leave a brokerage. You almost have to leave in the middle of the night because if you leave in the middle of the day and you just, you can't just walk in they'll terminate you and cut all your emails off and you can't like, you can't just leave. So you have to be like very secretive about how you leave an office in real estate. So, uh, and it's very difficult to, and brokerages make it very difficult to leave. Now on the flip side of that, Gary Keller and Keller Williams, they make it very easy for an agent to leave. Uh, and I think that's really cool because Keller Williams actually has a higher retention rate than most brokerages too, because Gary Keller's philosophy was like, make it easy for them to leave, appreciate them and make it easier for the agent to leave and grow their business. And they'll want to naturally organically stay and grow it here. And mm-hmm. that, and I think that's such a great <laughs> philosophy. Uh, and it works. I mean, Keller, when, at least when I was in Keller, what, what, at Keller Williams earlier in my career, um, I think it had became the number one brokerage in terms of uh, sales volume when I was there. I'm not just not my office. I'm saying the brokerage as a whole, as a company. Uh, I think it, it passed Remax for the first time. But now here I am at Remax. Uh, you know that was my most recent one. So yeah, yeah, it's really uh, you know this is a fascinating discussion. Um, as we're coming to the um, end of the discussion, yeah. Uh, one one kind of final thought or question is this art of attraction. You know, art of letting go. Uh, start stop chasing and start enticing. Yes. So whenever you're, I want to, my whole thing is whenever you're giving gifts to people is you don't have to chase them down. So like for me, my, my thing is I'm like more introverted naturally. I don't like to do the whole, the cold, hard sell kind of thing. Uh, so what I did is I used gifts in my real estate career to 
to kind of break the ice and make people want to work with me. So like people got my gifts and I'd, call, I'd follow the gift with a phone call uh, like two days later and be like, hey, just want to let you know I sent you a gift in the mail. Did you like it or did you receive it? And people are like, oh my God, yeah, this is so nice, blah, blah, blah. And they start loving on you. And like now they're enticed to work with you. Like they're enticed because they love you. You've made it, you've made a, depo a deposit into their emotional bank account. Now they are more willing to help you with their financial bank account because they've already bought into you. So like they're now enticed, they're working with me versus me having to try to like swoon them or work in the back door somehow or try to get that, you know, sales <laughs> pitch going. So like that's what I mean by that. So like, and for me, the gifting was always the easiest way to do that because everybody loves getting gifts especially when they're not expecting it uh, yeah the element of surprise and shock and awe factor man that's huge <laughs> that's really huge yeah um great discussion and um and for all the listeners out there you know you know steve's um advice is really timeless especially in this day and age of quiet you know this great resignation quiet quitting silent quitting all of this um uh, how can people follow you uh, contact you check out your social media etc yeah, sure. You can give us a follow uh, on Instagram at Appreciation Advocate. That's the uh, the handle. And then um, after that, I mean, if you guys have any questions about anything, you can just reach out to me directly. Uh, my email address is uh, Steve at appreciationadvocate.com. And, you know, the, I do check it. So it's not just some generic email. It's actually my email. Yeah. And for all the listeners out there, be sure to check out uh, the Appreciation, Appreciation Advocate on Instagram and um, email all of uh, Steve's resources will be in the links and show notes. Um, and be sure to check out his website, appreciationadvocate.com. He's got a free web webinar there. And so thanks for a great discussion. And thanks for coming on to the podcast. No, thanks for having me, Chris. Pleasure to be here. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. I hope you really enjoyed that wonderful, inspirational, motivational piece. Again, if you, wherever you are listening, if you liked it, be sure to like, comment, share, subscribe. We're on everywhere, Spotify, iTunes, Google, Amazon, Audible. And without much ado, be sure to thank this show's sponsors, and we'll see you next week.